Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Ready or not, here we come. It's, uh, it's, what day is today? It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. It's Wednesday. But you know it's actually Tuesday, and we just got done unpacking all of our chairs for our church. Dude, I'm wearing some of it still on my shirt. You are. You're smelling some of it, too, on your pits. Yeah, that's for sure, man. It was it was warm. It could have been warmer. It, no, it was a great day. This was a perfect day for yeah. this to happen. Yeah. So God knew what he was doing. I'm yeah. grateful for it. I'm sweaty for it, but I am grateful for it. Yeah, the chairs won't be there this Sunday, but uh, coming soon. To a... Church near you. Compass Bible Church, specifically. Yeah, today was awesome. Yeah, I but hey. so sweaty. A couple shout-outs. We're still sweaty. A few right shout-outs. Oh, man. Couple, let's do it. Let's Mark, do it. Mark Kogan was there with us. He was helping us. Of course, I mean, Pastor Rod and I and, and Kelly were there, but Mark Kogan was there with us. Mark. We had Pete Burner, my uh, my pops. Who's this guy? Oh, your dad. Yeah, my dad. Oh. He was there with us. We had uh, Ramin. Ramin. Panahi. He showed up, He man. was there he with was us. He was our first. No, actually, your dad was first, and then yep. Ramin, and then George, George like, a, like was, a minute after. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And and you know who the did trash. the most, though, for us? You. No. No. <laughs> the one that did the most for us, I think, was Steve Yang. <laughs> Steve Yang. So so we just... Okay, here, here's the situation. We're, we're, we're putting uh, cardboard boxes and pallets into this massive dumpster, and we literally just flip over the last one. We all get off. We're all kind of getting together in our circle, our huddle. And then up rolls Steve Yang. <laughs> and he gets out like, I'm here. I'm here, I am. I'm here to help. And we all clapped on his arrival. It was very, it was actually very cool. Yeah. I think he still gets a reward, bro. He does. There's he a gets, Bible story about this. Right. No, he totally gets a reward. It was awesome. Yeah, but uh, 315 chairs, I think we unboxed and put on <sighs> I crates. Was, I stopped counting after three. I just, it was too many. But God was kind to us. I mean, it, all the carts fit just perfectly into our storage unit. The guys let us use their dumpster to throw out the pallets and the boxes. I mean, that was a big ass too, because we filled up. I mean, probably yeah. a fourth, maybe yeah. a third of it. It was it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot, man. So we're we're riding a little bit high. It's like a good workout afterwards. Oh, You're like, okay, man. don't want to do that ever again. <laughs> That's how good the workout was. We're gonna start a new program, not CrossFit, but Plant Fit. Plant Fit. Yeah, oh, come join. Do that, man. Yeah. Yeah, if I had known it, we were going to do plant fit, I would have dressed differently. I, I would have too. I was not dressed for this. Jeans occasion. don't breathe. Nope. Yep. Hey, uh, Let's but, do 29 uh, and 30. Yeah. Isaiah 29. Because you know what does breathe? The word of God breathes life into us. Mm, that might be your best one yet. Okay. That's, it's still, that's dad. <laughs> Thanks, dad. All right. Hey, Isaiah 29. We were talking about the Little Mermaid right off the bat, aren't we? Yeah, she's here. Ariel. So, Little Mermaid. Just want to put it out there. Not a movie that we endorse. Nope. Especially the new one. I haven't yeah, seen the, not new, the one, new one, but I heard the new sure. one was basically garbage on yeah. screen. The old one though too, like she gets like the whole movie is about this girl who wants to disobey her parents and, and she successfully does And that. she dresses immodestly. That too. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time. So no, Ariel here, uh, it's a word that is debated in its interpretation, but it probably means alter is the, the best guess I found in there. I don't know, Pastor Rod, if you found some alternative uh, suggestions there. Lion of God. I saw, I saw that three different times. Yeah, Lion of God. I saw that one as well. Yeah, it, it, and here, herein lies the problem, right? You consult good commentaries on one side and they'll say, well, you know, it's it could be Lion of God, but I think it or probably is alter. Or, or alter hearth. Right. According to the ESV. Hearth, I think is that word? Hearth. I don't think it's hearth. I think it's hearth. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, 29 is, is interesting because it's, it's negative uh, about Jerusalem. I mean, this is about the, the siege of Jerusalem for so long. Um, but then there's a reversal of judgment towards the end of 29. And he's talking about good things happening for Jerusalem. So, I mean, he's, he's again, it's the warning and the promise, the warning of this is what's coming. If, if things don't change, don't, don't do this. Don't go the way of the nations don't despise the, the judgment of the Lord. Don't do these things. And then there's the, the positive side that he holds out to. And he does that a couple times in these chapters that we're reading today and tomorrow, uh, where the prophet says, here's the negative that's, that's impending. And, and yet here's the positive to look forward to in the future. Yeah, so we're also in this in the in the section where there's a ton of woes being not a ton. There's six woes that are being offered. I don't know what number this is, but you'll notice at the beginning of chapter twenty nine, there's an ah, yeah. ah, but the ah is the same word that we translate woe. Yep. So why we translated ah here versus woe there? I'm not sure. I don't really have a good answer to that. I do know though that the what it's conveying is the same sense. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. So ah, ah, ah here is woe. Ah, that's helpful. Yeah. But again, there's there's uh, there's the the eschatological elements here, though it's it's about the impending judgment. Verse six, the earthquake, the the whirlwind, the tempest, the storm. I mean, anytime we see God show up, so often in Scripture, He is accompanied by uh, these natural phenomena, either of an earthquake or fire or a storm, and and especially when He's coming in judgment. And that's true here in this chapter in chapter twenty nine. Uh, in verse verses nine and ten, we see the reason judgment here is necessary. Astonish yourselves and be astonished. Blind yourselves be blind, be drunk, but not with wine. So they are, are rejecting the Lord and the Lord in, in place is going to reject them. He says here, uh, he's closed your eyes, the, the prophets. In other words, he's he's removing the prophets from you and he's covered your heads. That is the, the seers. And so he's going to make them more spiritually blind than they are because they've blind rejected him. Right. And that's terrifying. Their rejection provokes God's judgment, which is okay. If you're not going to pay attention, then great. You right. can't pay attention now. Right. You're not going to see, great. You're not going to be able to see. Right. That's terrifying. Yeah, and it, the description of his fruition in verses 11 and 12, where they're saying, here, you have this thing to read, but you can't understand it. You right. can't read it. Um, uh, down in verse 18, though, is where things turn and uh, begins to get a little bit more encouraging, uh, where he's talking about the reversal here, which is the millennial kingdom, where in that day, the deaf shall hear the words of a book and out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind shall see the meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord and the poor among mankind shall exult in the Holy One of Israel. I don't know about you, Pastor Rod, but, but my mind went to the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes. Yeah. There's a lot of those similar concepts there that right. Christ is talking about the kingdom ethics, I think, in the Sermon on the Mount, and he starts mm-hmm. with the Beatitudes there and and this is looking forward to that millennial kingdom as well. We are on the same wavelength. That's awesome. exactly where I went. Awesome. Well, chapter 30, then there is a warning against one specific nation, and this is the nation of Egypt. Um, and God is, is warning them. And it, it's interesting. One commentator said, why did Israel want to go back to Egypt? I mean, talk about short-term memory loss. I mean, he said that first, but yeah, I'm sure he said it too. Right. Like they, they were enslaved there. They were in bondage there for so many years. And yeah. yet here they are wanting to go back again. And, uh, and th- there's the, the warning against it and, and just a, a, a stark uh, de- declaration of, look at verse seven, Egypt's help, help is worthless and empty. Therefore, I have called her Rahab who sits still. Rahab is another word for Egypt in the Old Testament. Um, not just Rahab the harlot, but uh, Rahab is another word applied to Egypt, the nation. And Rahab who sits still. In other words, like, why would you go to her? She's not going to do anything for you. Pointless, helpless, unfit. 
Right. All those things. Right. And yet again, we see the similar pattern in chapter 30 where it's the ju- the warning for judgment and then the, the turn that takes place in chapter 30 with the promise of a future that will be uh, much better than that. Again, the millennial kingdom, verse 19, a people shall dwell in Zion in Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. Mm. And anytime I, I, I hear about the millennial kingdom in the future, I just think um, it's going to be so awesome. It's going to be so awesome. And, and to, to, I just, I want to, be there. I want to see these things and the, the church is going to have its own unique role in it, but, uh, but it's going to be such a, a sweet time to finally be through with all of this. And I mean, we just finished unpacking all those chairs and all those boxes and there was like a relief when we were done with that. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine the relief when we're done with sin, when we're done with all of these things and we get what's promised here from Isaiah and then for us in the church where God's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes in the new Jerusalem, the new earth, like what an amazing day that's going to be. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. I think one of the things that intrigues me is how God's going to put the pieces together in the millennial kingdom. I think about, okay, why are sacrifices being offered, it seems, in the millennial kingdom? Uh, How is it possible that you have the glorified Christ ruling and reigning, and yet we still have a faction, a large faction of people that will rebel against him when they're living beside glorified saints? Yeah. What on earth is happening? How does that unfold? While Satan is bound. While Satan is, yes, sin still exists right. and permeates creation through human yeah, mankind. And there's so many questions. And yeah, that is exciting. And I'm stoked about that. But I just, I can't wait to have some of the puzzle pieces fit together. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that jumped out at me in reading this section in verse 22, uh, where he's talking about the, the reversal of idol worship. He says, you will defile your carved idols. So yeah, they've been defiling God, but now they're going to defile their idols overlaid with silver and gold and metal images. You will scatter them as unclean things. Thinking about that in light of the fact that Israel was about to be scattered into exile. And right. yet in here, there's the reversal. It's not Israel. that's going to be scattered. Israel is going to be drawn together by the Lord. And instead the idols are going to be scattered away from them in the millennial kingdom. Indeed. Come quickly. Yes. Yeah. So 29 and 30, uh, again, the warning of the, the impending threat of judgment, if they don't obey the Lord and yet the, the positive carrot on the end of the stick, so to speak, which why is it a carrot? Why not a cookie? Because of donkeys, I think. Dude, a cookie's going to make me go after, carrot. Uh, after the stick way more than the... Anyways, the carrot or cookie, depending on your, your take on it, is the positive hope in the future for Israel. Well, let's turn and finish up Ephesians. Chapter... Six. Six. Seis. Seis. Yeah, because there's no siete. No. If there is, you, please turn in your Bible. <laughs> we'll replace it for you. We'll give you, you one. a faulty one. We will give you a fresh Bible that does not have Ephesians 7 in it. Hey, Ephesians chapter six, uh, this is what some people refer to as a continuation of the household codes, meaning uh, how the the household should operate. We dealt with husbands and wives last time. Uh, Now we're dealing with with children and parents. Children are to obey the parents for this is the the first commandment with a promise, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you. Um, And so that is a, 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 talk about a carrot at the end of a stick, right? That's a motivation. You want it to go well with you, you should honor your your father and mother. Right. Um, This is an important thing for for you parents if you've got young ones at home little ones at home this is one of the earliest things that you should be teaching your children as they grow up is to honor you and 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 husbands you and your wife um you need to teach them that Uh, we would often tell our kids listen and obey and so they knew what that looked like right To, to honor is to listen yeah but also to then put that into practice in obedience but how about dads fathers do not provoke your children to anger that's a, an important one. And, uh, and that's, that's an important one for us to know the, the line on that. 
because it might be dads that you think, well, I'm just, I'm just joking with him, but you're pushing it so far in joking with them or you're, you're taking it so far and giving them a hard time about something, whatever. And it could be something simple. It could be dads. If you've got a young, young man, a son at home who's in high school and he likes a girl in high school, you, you keep needling him about that to the point where it crosses over and man, he's, he's now angry because you wouldn't let up on that or whatever it may be. And so uh, dads, we need to take our, our role in our kids' lives seriously. And this is an area that we need to be sure that we are careful and, and, and not pushing them too far. Yeah. So one, one other thought about this here, Colossians 3.21 has a very similar verse, and I think it helps kind of give a fuller uh, treatment of what Paul might be getting at. Colossians 3.21 says, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Mm. So on the one hand, you have fathers provoking to anger. On the other hand, you have fathers provoking to discouragement. And I think you need to feel that sense of dads, husbands, fathers. Um, you have authority that God has granted and your word weighs a lot. Mm -hmm. Your word weighs more often than what mom's word weighs or yep. what the wife's word weighs. And I don't know why that is, except to say that I think God has just endowed men with that kind of role in the people in people's lives. So wield your authority uh, kindly and, and compassionately. Re remember that there are words that you're going to say to your kids that they'll remember for the yeah. rest of their lives. That's the most terrifying thought that I entertain so often. I mean, I, I think about stuff that mm -hmm. my dad has said to me mm -hmm. that I just, I can't not forget. I can't, can't it's there. You're going to do the same dance. And so just let that power rest upon your heart and, and tread cautiously. Yeah. Encourage them. Dads, tell your sons you love them too. Like that, it, it, you're, it's not a manly thing to say, well, he knows. I don't need to tell my, my kid I love him. He knows it's I love him. It's not a feminine thing to, no. to, to say that. No. It is so good for him to hear, man, listen, I love you. I'm proud of you. I think you're, you're doing a great job. Like, excel still more. Let's go. Right. Yeah, super encouraging. Bond servants and masters, this is granted a different uh, category. It's not one that any of us find ourselves in. However, I think most of the commentators who say this are correct in thinking that this stuff can be applied to employer-employee today in our current context. And so here's just admonitions to work hard and remember that even if your boss is hard and harsh, you're working as unto the Lord and not for him primarily. And in, if you are the boss, this is an admonition to make sure you're careful in how you uh, wield that authority over your employees and Make sure that you are, are not well. being harsh in yeah. that. Amen. Whole armor of God is uh, is pretty straightforward. I mean, we've, we're familiar with this text if you've grown up in the church, but what a good passage, a reminder that our battle is not against flesh and blood, which is so important for me to remember when I'm on the road. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. And you have a compass sticker on your car. On so the back of the there's car. there's that too. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it, there is a very real spiritual battle that's at work. And, and here's the, the different elements. And I've been going over this with my kids recently in the mornings. We've been going through the different elements of the armor of God, the belt of truth and uh, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. Uh, shoes of the gospel is an interesting one. I think it's got a dual emphasis there. And in the one, it, our shoes are what carry us from mm -hmm. point A to point B. Right. But also the shoes for armor would have had cleats or spikes on them that would have allowed the soldier to stand firm in the midst of the battle. Battle. And so it's interesting that we are grounded and rooted and immovable in the gospel. And we need to hold on, hold fast to that gospel um, as we do that. So Amen. just a, a great passage, encouraging text. Indeed. Why well, hey, we, uh, man, we are exhausted after a long day of work, but Hey, we're going to put down another episode and we'll catch you again tomorrow. Lord willing for another episode of the daily Bible podcast. Bye. 
Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.